All right. Hey, my friends, welcome to this episode of Real Live Talk. Really, really appreciate you guys for being here and taking the opportunity to check out this episode. I pray that you are blessed by uh, the content today and the conversation. And I'm really pumped to be able to introduce you to my guest for today, a brand new friend of mine, Natalie Taylor, is joining me for this podcast. Natalie has been in ministry for over 20 years. She served the local body and formed ministries that have brought healing to individuals through prayer and encounters. She most recently helped lead her local church and staff as an executive pastor. Natalie is a wife and mom of two thriving college students. She has a podcast called The Table with Natalie Taylor, inviting you into real-life conversations that bring encouragement and inspiration. Her vision is to help people and organizations discover their purpose so they can live fully alive and uh, whether Natalie speaks one-on-one -on -one or to a crowd, her mission is to deposit hope. She aims to leave people and organizations with a clear direction that enables them to live and operate with great purpose. Wow. I don't always read bios straight through like that, but uh, I felt like this was a really, really good one. And I uh, just wanted to share all of that with you so you have a good kind of rounded picture of who Natalie is. I'm excited to jump into this conversation. So thank you guys so much again for being here. If the content blesses you, please uh, consider sharing, subscribing, or leaving a comment or a review on one of the podcast platforms or on the Facebook page is always super, super helpful. So thank you guys in advance for that. And uh, now let's go ahead and jump into this conversation with my friend, Natalie Taylor. All right, here we go. Natalie, welcome. Thanks so much for joining me. It is so good to be here. I'm excited. Yeah, it's so crazy that we're we're actually basically in the same city, and we tried to make this happen in person, but uh, couldn't quite make it work out. But um, but uh, glad fun. to be joining you today. Yeah, me too. I'm super glad to be here. And uh, I just want to real quick before we jump into some some stuff, man. I'm excited about this, but I want to shout out to Jonathan Gibson. So Jonathan and Gina, mutual friends of ours, who kind of brokered this uh, podcast <laughs> conversation today. And uh, I, I saw where Jonathan um, uh, helped uh, produce your your podcast and saw that your podcast was launching and it just looked um, just super just interesting and like something that I think is really, really going to be impactful. So I uh, just wanted to have a conversation with you today, we'll talk about the podcast and talk about you know your life and ministry and family, whatever else comes up and it's going to be fun. But I uh, just wanted to shout out to uh, to Jonathan for for setting this up. So thanks, Jonathan. Thanks, Gina. And again, thank you, Natalie. Yeah, thank you. They are truly amazing when people come into your life and there's instant connection. That was us with the Gibsons. I'm sure you felt the same way. But yeah, he is an excellent producer and all things. But Blind Company, check it out. <laughs> yeah, for real, for real. There's so much cool stuff going on over there. And I know it was in Jonathan's heart as well from some other things that he said to me in the past. Like it was already in his heart for us to connect and for me and my wife to get connected with you and your husband. And uh, like there's some some cool like just synergy and family relationship stuff happening here. And uh, and it's cool. So I'm excited. Yeah. Yep. Just beginning. Well, it's gonna be yeah, absolutely. I, I so I noticed in your bio. So um, we have in common the executive pastor thing. Are you currently an executive pastor, or was that something that came to an end? That came to an end just recently, and um, I was in that role officially for a year. I was um, operated in that like form and capacity for a few years prior, 
And I absolutely loved it, actually. It was the way my brain thinks strategically. I love helping people. I love helping people grow. So to be able to just like do a lot of meetings one-on-one -on -one with people and to take a vision and move it forward, man, it was an absolute delight. I'm still there at the church, Sozo Church, San Marcos. If you're in the neighborhood, look us up. Um, I love those people. They're my family. But yeah, God was just calling me out and it was actually really hard to say goodbye um, to that position and that role with my church family in that capacity. But yeah, so it's a new, it's a new thing. This, everything that I'm doing currently is a new thing. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Well, I can't wait to like visit Sozo because I've heard, I've heard so much just good stuff about yeah. that church. And I, I heard from somebody, some, somebody told me uh, just like in a personal conversation, somebody told me that uh, somebody that I really, really respect, you know, in ministry, um, they told me that they think to, to them, it's like the most uh, healthy church that they've ever seen. Wow. And yeah. so it's really cool. I know that family is a really, really big aspect of what you guys do there. And it's something that's really, really uh, been on my heart increasingly over the years. And, you know, as a pastor, that aspect of family and community and belonging and growing together and doing life together is something that I really aspire to instill in, you know, the people that we lead. Yeah, no, I, I think that is the biggest compliment um, that any person or church or organization could have. Um, I remember the first time that I visited Sozo years ago and I walked in and you could immediately feel love. Like you felt seen and you felt loved. And that moment I was like, this is, this is my home church. And so, yeah, there's a whole testimony and story of how I went from sitting in the seat to where I was just a few months ago. But man, I would say that Sozo, the name healed, saved, delivered, restored, mm -hmm. brought back to life really did that for me. So it took someone that was really kind of broken in ministry mm. and um, brought me to a place of healing and wholeness and thriving and really unlocked all of the gifts that are on the inside of me. And wow. I think it's done through vulnerability. It's done through love. It's done through encouragement. Um, but yeah, it is a special place. Yeah. yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. That's so good. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Well, glad you found your kind of home there, your tribe there, you know, people that you're able to walk with and and do life with and it's, yeah. it's so so important and like it's so important to, to find that i know like sometimes it, it takes it takes a while you know i know it takes a while to find those people i mean we find we find people that we can you know grow with and build relationship but when you really start finding people that you can really walk with and really be open and vulnerable with and share your heart um, whether you're somebody who's in ministry full-time you know that's that's your world or not, like whatever the whatever the case is, it's so important that we have that. And mm -hmm. and I think that we can we can overlook it and we can kind of settle to to live to live life and to you know go after spiritual growth without that. And so when you get, you know, when you start to experience what real, you know, Jesus family is really all about, it's like like wow, like why was I not living this and experiencing this before? Right. I agree. Like, so important. It's, it's, it's so important. Like I totally agree. Yeah. It really is a game changer with either suffocating who you are or adding water and like having you become fully alive. It is that big of a difference. And man, 
I think too many people too long sit still in places that um, aren't their people. And so I am so blessed that I found um, a group of people that, yeah, poured into me in a way I never could have imagined. So it it was amazing. Mm -hmm. I agree. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I want to talk to you about your podcast. So you have this uh, new podcast that recently launched and it's getting rolling, The Table with Natalie Taylor. Would you um, just kind of talk a little bit about your heart behind that? First of all, why The Table? You know, where does that come from and uh, kind of your heart behind what you're doing there? Yes, great question. So The Table come came from two different vantage points. One, which I talk about in my very first episode that has already been released, um, how I actually, how the actual table that was in my house, how that came about. And I was, had moved into a new house and was trying to find furniture for the house on a budget, was on marketplace and found this amazing table super designer, all the things, but at a pro- at a great price that I could afford. So I went to go pick the table up from a lady in downtown San Antonio. She lived in this high rise and I was like, this is so amazing. And she looked at me whenever I like handed her the money. The table was the last piece of furniture in her house and her and her husband were about to move overseas. And she like took my money and she looked at me and she said, I hope you have as many great conversations around this table as I did with my family. And when she said that, it was like, it, I don't know, you know how when people say certain things and it like hits you in a certain place. And I was like, whoa, this feels super important all of a sudden. And so that marked me. And then not too long ago, actually it was last year, I really felt like the Lord was putting on my heart to invite some people into my home and just do um, like life, just discipleship, mm-hmm. life. And I said, okay, God, I will. I don't need another thing on the to-do list. It was like, listen, <laughs> listen, Lord. Um, I have enough things going on. Are you sure about this? And he's like, nope, this is what I want you to do. So I said, I, yes, I'm a yes girl. If he tells me to do it, I'm a yes girl. I'm saying it out loud for all the world to see. But um so I, it, I took about probably four to six weeks and in my notes on my phone, I said, okay, you tell me who to ask because I want it to be whatever you want it to be. And I'm just saying yes. So I was writing names down for several weeks and came up with about four to six names. So I'd invited these ladies and said, hey, this is what I want to do. I want to gather together once a month and let's just see what happens. So our very first time together, we're all sitting in my living room and it's myself. um, It's a lady that is older than I am. There are um, there in the room. There was um, a girl that was engaged, two or three or three uh, moms that were like newly married with kids. And so there's just a mixture of us in the room. And we're and I, I said, listen, I don't have a plan. And I'm a planner. I I love a good plan. Um, But this particular gathering, I said, I don't have a plan. I just know that we need to be in the same room and just live some life. And 
I've lived a few extra years in life than you have. And she's lived a few extra years in life than I have. And let's just see what happens. And so immediately we just started being vulnerable and opening up and here's where we are. And, um, one of the moms, uh, actually she had her infant with her and she's standing, bouncing her infant. And she's talking about her recent, um, experience with just kind of being with the Lord and what it looked like in her quiet time. But it wasn't this conversation of like, oh, and he showed up and he showed me this and it was beautiful. It was like, it's hard. This is hard. Life is hard. And I'll never forget um, the lady that is with me. Her name is Julie. And she said, you know what? Coming to the table which is kind of like what you're describing, the, your quiet time, like pulling up to the table and, and dining with the Lord can look like a million different things. And so sometimes it looks like um, a toddler set at the table. And so um, my friend was holding her baby and, and she said like taught like infants or toddlers that are learning how to eat food, your table will be a mess, but it's just part of where you are in life mm. at that moment. And it that dialogue, you could just feel the room shift. And so I had been pondering podcast world for a while. I knew mm. that this was something that I wanted to do, but really it was like, I don't know names and content and I don't know what to do. So this experience happened and it was like I came alive on the inside. And I think that is the heart of having conversations just like what we're doing and having a conversation in my house or mentorship or on my own podcast. And it's like ha having this dialogue with people, you walk away, you're like, whoa, I have experienced something or heard something mm -hmm. said that's actually changed my life. And so I left, yeah. we left that gathering was over and I just started, it was like the ideas were flowing like crazy. And this is really cool. Um, I was talking to a friend of mine. She's got a design, she's a designer and she's kind of gone before me with the whole like marketing world. And she's like a genius. And um, so I'm asking her about, what maybe I have this idea, I can call it the table. And this was the experience that I had. And so we're talking about it. And I, through the church world, I realized because I was at this point on staff overseeing calendars and things like that, that there was something on our church calendar called the table. And I was like, hmm. whoa, this is crazy. So um, I ended up caught. And so the person that was um, facilitating something called the table that had been come up that the name had been created before I ever came along. It was mm -hmm. Julie, the one that was sitting in my living room that oh, talked wow. about the table being like a toddler. So I called her and I said, Julie, um, I, you've essentially, I know probably someone else has coined the name before, but you actually came up with this before I did. Um, can I take it? <laughs> can I, can we share? <laughs> and, um, <laughs> <laughs> so she was so sweet and so kind. And she said, absolutely. And I think what I've discovered since then is actually this word or phrase, the table is, 
it's something that God is doing right now. And it's way bigger than me. And she, and that's what she said to me was like, God is doing something. Um, and we all get to play. And so she said, use it, go for it. Let's do it. So we still meet in my home once a month, me and those girls. And, um, and it's just beautiful. So yeah, that's the way the name came. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love, <laughs> I love what you're saying there. There's the, it just made me think about it. There's this, there's this verse that I love in Proverbs 14. Um, and it says, uh, where there are no oxen, the trough is clean, but much increase comes by the strength of an ox. And it's like that idea of like, you know, talking there a little bit about the, the, how things can be messy sometimes and there could be a lot going on and there can just be things like happening. I mean, bringing people into your, into your home, even just that, like when there's already so much going on, like things can be messy sometimes and not as orderly as we want them to be. And I think that, I mean, some people are, are kind of more, you know, some people are very, what's, what's the word? Like, not OCD, like, I don't mean it like that, but, but some people are very like organized and strict with the way things are. And some people aren't I'm not really talking about that. I'm talking about like when we, when we establish things in our lives, when we're open to the leading of the Lord, sometimes when he first gives us something, we have a hard time like putting our finger on it and it might not compute with what we think is the way that, you know, we want our life to be going at that time. Mm -hmm. But when we allow room for the Holy Spirit to move and disrupt things, it can feel very often messy, but there's so much, you know, growth that you like open yourself up for when you're willing to partner with the Holy Spirit, even with those things that don't make sense. So I just love what you were saying there about sometimes like the messiness of just saying yes, of just responding, not knowing what it's going to look like or even, you know, what you're supposed to do in it, but just trusting that he's going to lead you and he's going to, you know, bring his purpose out of it and through it by your, you know, simple responsive obedience, you know? Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah. I, I thinking about that, I look back in December, whenever the Lord asked me to gather those ladies together and, mm -hmm. you know, I'm so thankful I said yes. He's yeah. big enough God that he could have gotten to me a different way. But I'm so, so thankful that it happened the way that it happened. And I'm here today because of the yeses that I've said in my life. And whether it was mm -hmm. a courageous yes, a risky yes, a fearful yes, a joyful yes. It's like all of the yeses inch you forward to where you are today. Mm. Yeah, it's so good. And I also love something else that you said there about just like the idea of coming to the table mm -hmm. in terms of the way that we fellowship and commune with God. And like, I think that sometimes we can get, I, I <laughs> let me just say this, I had this, this experience with the Lord several years ago where I, I just went off into the, you know, living room by myself and sat down on the couch. I had my Bible and like, I just started saying something to God, which was what I would always say to God as I was kind of beginning my, my time with the Lord. You know what I mean? Like my devotional time or whatever you want to call it. Mm -hmm. And I just said like what I always said, and I didn't realize that I had kind of gotten into a routine. I don't have anything against routines, mm -hmm. but for me, um, it was becoming religious um, and I didn't realize it. And so I was kind of like doing this 
little thing like going through the motions of like what I always do and just like talking to the Lord about whatever. And then he literally interrupted me and he just said, what are you doing? (laughs) (laughs) I heard him ask me that question. I was like, uh, what do you mean? And it was so funny because the way, the way God speaks to me often, I don't know if it's like this for, for everybody or not, but the way God often speaks to me is he asks me questions, Mm. but simultaneously, like I get the point, like he asked me questions in a way that I'm like, I, I totally get what you're doing right now, God. Mm -hmm. So (laughs) it was like, he just made me aware of like what I was doing, which was I was creating like an awkward moment out of something that was supposed to just be me coming to the table with the Lord and just fellowshipping and enjoying him and enjoying his presence. And so I just love that you were talking about that there. And, and, And I think that's something that, you know, a lot of a lot of Christians, like a lot of times we can get kind of just caught up in like whatever the motions of whatever we're doing. And I think that, you know, talking there about something that that God is doing right now um, in the earth is like, I just think he's so, so interested and so intent. And I just think that his finger is just on this issue of wanting people to to see how good he is, what a good father he is, how close he is. Because Mm -hmm. for so long, I think in the church, like we've we've kind of put all these boxes around God and we've put limitations and restrictions on people for, you know, what it looks like to come to God and what you have to do to get right with God Mm -hmm. and like all this stuff. And I just think that um, there's something that God is doing right now that he's intentionally just like trying to break apart the boxes that we've tried to put him in. Cause there's all these people in the world that could be coming home. Like they could be coming face to face with a God that loves them. And because they've been led to believe by, you know, a lot of God's people, like they've been somehow led to believe for different reasons, but that uh, God doesn't want them the way that they are right now. Yeah. And just this idea of like what you're talking about, I think like this idea of the table, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. And I'll dwell in the house of the Lord forever. It's like he's so he's so just passionate, I think, about people realizing how good he is. Mm -hmm. And the, the truth is that, you know, as God's people, we have this this amazing opportunity and and with that there's a there's responsibility there to present him to re to represent him Mm -hmm. in in a good way that that facilitates people coming into that encounter with him and i you know i think in so many ways we've fallen so short of that for for different reasons Mm -hmm. but i just think that yeah i I love what you're saying because i really believe that there is something that's being restored right now and it's this idea of people just being able to come to Mm -hmm. the table and really experience god for themselves and it's not hoops they have to jump through but just like coming to him and he's gonna you know he's a the Holy Spirit's going to change things and shift things and like work on our heart for, you know, for things that, you know, so that we can be more free and whatever. But it's like not this thing of like, well, first you got to do this and then you got to do this. You got to be, it's like, shut up. Like just come to your father who like gave everything just so you could know him. Yes. Yeah. I think um, it's in our coming and our going that we can represent him the best and um, I, I do agree. I think it's old way of thinking that we have to 
um, be perfect to present him well or be um, have arrived at a certain place to present who he is and his love for other people. But I think it's, it is, it's in our, because when we come and we go and we go in and out of his tangible presence, you know what I mean? Of meeting with him, but then we're also coming and going in the marketplace and in our job. And, and I think we also have thought, oh, I have to be a pastor or I have to be a minister or a missionary And it's like, wow, no, you are actually a son and a daughter of a king that loves you and that will give you anything. And we are actually all brothers and sisters. Come on. (laughs) And it takes away this. um, And and I I love mothering and fathering. I think it's very important. But at at a foundational level, we are all his kids, which means you're my brother. And and we and and I know that sometimes our even our family dynamics, um, even saying that to some people, that's hard for them to hear because of their own family dynamics. But it's a place of like, we're all on the same team. And if, and I think that's something that I'm passionate about. And I hope even in podcast world or in all the things that we do, that people understand, like, I actually have a unique way that I represent him. And it's not like the way that you represent him. Mm. And that's okay. And it's beautiful and it's done by design and it's getting to know me really well. Then I can now give me a way to the world and represent him really well. And so I think what I'm seeing is as we all are coming to the table, the literal table, which I think we need to do more of, but then the just proverbial life table um, and inviting people into our sphere, it's I think it's being vulnerable with one another, but vulnerability with courage, knowing that I am actually really awesome <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and I can I can confidently be me with you and be the broken me, be the beautiful me, me the be the me that has it all together one day or that is on the struggle bus the next. But I'm still me. I'm the daughter of an amazing God that loves me and is never going to leave me and never going to forsake me. And he's going to be there with me. And so now I think if we can all come to the table, knowing that we actually are equally sons and daughters Mm. and he loves us all the same, that when we become his kids and we say yes to Jesus, that we are on the same team. And there, I think we tend to say they're star players, but in the kingdom, we are all like, movement makers. You know what I'm saying? Like whether I am going to, um, as a mom and raising, I think about oftentimes, and I've heard someone say this before, um, Billy Graham's mom, like, let's just talk about her for a minute. You know what I'm saying? Or someone that really made a big wave in our culture. Um, let's just talk about their mom and their dad that raise them to be the son and the daughter that they are. And so I think we tend to put people on pedestals when really we all, when we all play our part, when we all come to the table as brothers and sisters, um, man, we all have really important roles to do. And so I think my heart with, with the table is that we can just, it's okay um, to be me, but in the, I, I think for too long, we've taken that as this, like, I'm just being me. 
And we've used it as a card to be unkind, to um, do things we shouldn't do. But it's like, actually, like, I am being me. And as I pursue wholeness and being fully alive in him, being me is okay. Like, it's going to work itself out. And so I think the topics that we talk about are like real life topics and we're not going to hyper spiritualize them, but we are going to bring Jesus into the mix of it, but it's real life stuff like rejection and fear and what happens when your dreams die and what happens when you feel like you've wrestled with um, a dream all your life, but you can't seem to see it to fruition. And I think it's those real life, things that we're dealing with that will um, I think having great conversations about them will enable us to live fully alive together in community. And I, yeah, I agree. Mm -hmm. I think God is just saying, let's just come together as family. Like let's all across the land, let's be family knowing that our God is a good God and he can work on me and you and everyone else um, at the same time. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's so good. You know, and and there's something that I I really see going on in the world today. That's like a, there's such an attack, I think, on this area of, of the the church's identity Mm -hmm. of like family and unity. And um, there's this, there's this idea that in order for us to be united, we have to agree on everything. And like, that's just not, not 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 for real Mm -hmm. but there's been such a like us and them kind of spirit that's that's divided god's people i think um really i mean very much so like over the past few years Mm -hmm. like (laughs) i mean i've seen it so much just like in the the past couple of like you know political election cycles and all that kind of stuff and just very much um i was there before of course too but but I just see it. And maybe we just see it more because of social media now than yeah. we did before. It was probably just the same before, but, mm-hmm. but we just kind of people are more vocal by it more. Yeah. I think people are more vocal. I think where before it was conversations in a back room or gossip, you know what I'm saying? Now yeah. people are using social media, but they're just saying it loudly. I think the heart's mm-hmm. always been there. It's just loud. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. I agree with you. And, and it's just like, this us and them stuff where it's like, well, if you don't agree with my views on this, then Mm -hmm. you're over here Mm -hmm. and kind of like not wanting to have that, that fellowship and and interaction with people that are, you know, on some different, whatever viewpoint or ideology Mm -hmm. or belief system or whatever it might be. And like what you said, there's just the the simplicity of how you said it, just impacted me when you were like yeah we're all brothers and sisters and it's it's true like we're (laughs) and so even if you're on one end of the christian spectrum and i'm on the other end of the christian spectrum or if i'm somewhere in the middle or whatever like we shouldn't treat each other that oh well like they're 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 different like they're a different kind of christian because they don't believe in you know (laughs) speaking in tongues or because they don't believe in this or they don't it's like Mm -hmm. wait (laughs) Like the stuff that like, but I, I do think there there's just, you know, just a, um, 
just an attack. I can't think of the word I'm looking for, but just like an, an attack on, on the identity of the church in terms of like, I mean, the desire of Jesus, like when we read John chapter 17, like being one, yeah, like that we would be one. Yeah. And, yeah. and how like we represent him in that oneness, in mm -hmm. that, in that unity. And it's yeah. just tough. Like it's tough for us to have a very like, loud and strong voice for hope and for truth and mm. for love when you know we're perceived as you know being a people that can't even get along with ourselves and it's like <laughs> yeah we, we but gotta, you know but i think even and maybe like re-engineering that thought and it's like because i think sometimes we want to it's okay. I'll bring this all back around, but it's like the, let me go around the circle for a minute. Yeah. Um, I've talked with like college students before where they're like, I want to be the CEO. Well, you know, and it's like, well, have you finished your degree? You know, no, not yet, but you know, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. I don't want to do the beginner work. I want to do the, the, the finale. And I think bringing it back around to this conversation of church and unity it's like, but first, can we just love our neighbor as ourself? And yeah. then let's take it back another notch and say, yeah. if we can't love ourselves, how can we love our neighbor? Mm -hmm. And yeah. and so I'm just wondering, is it as God is doing something new? Because he's doing something new. He, and it's an invitation. It's an invitation to step into something that's beautiful and he's always up to something so beautiful, always up to something new. But I think where we are today as a culture, post-COVID, post-political unrest, that he's saying, I'm actually going to do something new in our land. And I really do think that it's going to center around love and, and unity. But I really, it's that let's look at me first. And if mm -hmm. I am okay with me, then I don't have to judge you. Because their judgment comes when I'm not okay with me. Mm -hmm. When I'm unsettled with who I am, then I've got to place judgment on you to make myself feel safe and secure mm -hmm. <laughs> instead of me just being safe and secure. That's and good. so I think it's, and then that it, it is, it's the conversations, it's talking with one another and, and I love social media and I love the ability to like, you know, to use it for good, but I think we can't forget the individual one-on-one -on -one conversations and me loving me and not hiding behind a screen and making everyone think that I love me, but actually me just being okay with me. And, yeah. and that's a journey. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Man, yeah. No, that's, that's, re that's really, really good. That's really good. I mean, because Jesus calls us to esteem the needs of others as you know higher than our, mm. like to put the needs of others as like more important than our own a lot uh -huh. of times like so it's like it's like let this mind be in you which was in christ jesus mm -hmm. and then mm -hmm. goes in you know philippians chapter two and then goes into like his obedience to the father to lay his life down so that mm -hmm. we could come into you know, union and relationship with him. Yeah. And it's like um, talking about that, that same kind of mindset, that same kind of mentality to be in us where, you know, I'm willing to lay my stuff down. I'm willing to lay down my reputation. I'm willing to lay down my pride. Or I'm willing to lay down whatever it might be that would prevent me 
from mm-hmm. actually like esteeming your needs as really, really valuable and important. Yeah. And like what you're saying there, like that piece of it's really, really hard for me to to even think about somebody else mm-hmm. like and their needs when I'm, you know, I'm, I'm coming from a place of, you know, I think, Natalie, that a lot of the mistakes that we make in life and a lot of the like a lot of the 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 stuff that we put on other people and the mm-hmm. way we hurt and harm other people mm-hmm. it comes from a place of lack yeah. right so like if i'm right. if i'm at a place of lack like in mm-hmm. here within myself mm-hmm. where i don't feel like i'm good enough and i don't feel like i'm measuring up and i don't feel like i'm accepted and like i'm yeah. rejected and i'm a mistake and i'm a failure and all this stuff mm-hmm. then it's going to be really hard like i could probably fake it here and there but it's going to be hard for me yeah. to really live from an authentic place it's going to be impossible really for me to live consistently from an authentic place where That's i'm great. being generous like with others to the point that I'm willing to build you up and I'm willing to like, again, like even set my stuff aside from, from time to time for the sake of like pouring into somebody else's life. And so like, I can be at a place of, of quote unquote lack when it comes to like, I might be struggling with something in an area in my life, Mm -hmm. but if, if I've allowed, um, you know, the Lord to, to work on the inside of me and like I'm aware of who I am and I know what my identity is and like these things like I'm, I'm coming from a found a place of foundational security yeah. then I think that even when I'm dealing with stuff I still have a reservoir that I can pull from where yeah. I can still be a blessing and I can still be an influence and like I can still you know um, bless others yeah. but yeah it's like when we're living from that place of lack where we haven't been built up enough on the inside of us because of whatever i mean there's no yeah. no judgment there we've all been there right but it's like oh, yeah. um allowing you know the the lord i think to to deal with those areas of, of our heart and those areas of lack yeah. because because yeah i just think it's something that when we're operating that way when we're not <laughs> operating from a, a place of of abundance and a place of fulfillment and a place of joy and peace and all of that, that doesn't come from us. It comes from (laughs) from our source. It's like, you know, we all, we all struggle. Mm -hmm. We, we have a hard time, you know, giving stuff away that we don't have ourselves. Yeah. There's, um, I am friends with Bob Hamp and have, I've studied his material for years, but, um, he has a saying that sticks with me all the time. And he says, we receive, we contain, and we broadcast. And whatever that is, we're going to receive healing. We're going to receive love. We're going to receive um, his pleasure. We're going to receive all of that, but we're going to contain it. Like it actually gets to be ours. And then we over, and then it overflows out of us and we give it away. And I think like talking with what we're talking about, I know for me, I, for years, it was like, I'm going to, receive and give away, receive, give away, receive, give away from a church perspective. It's like Mm -hmm. anything I get, you get, you know, which is good. But I I neglected me in the process of like, oh, well, wait a second. I get to actually contain, like it gets to be mine too. And I, and I think even talking this in regards to what we talked about in the beginning of like going out in our coming and our going, how, we go out into the world and we give away what we have. And so when it's unity or love or conversations, it's like, I think performance and, and I lived a 
gosh, a lifetime of trying to perform for love and for safety and security and position and all of that. And it's like, what I'm finding is when I give out of overflow, all of the things that I tried to perform for all of my life actually come to come back to me as I just give away from overflow. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm just thinking about what, what you said there. Um, that's huge. That, that change of mindset from receive and give Mm -hmm. to like, I'm actually supposed to receive for me because God actually likes me. You know, like I, like, I think, I think we do. (laughs) I I lived my life for a long time of um, like, I'm not supposed to like, I'm supposed to not it it, like it's more spiritual or like God's happier if Mm -hmm. I'm suffering or if I'm, you know what I mean? Like we get, we get some kind of yeah, uh, like twisted, like pleasure or something mm-hmm. out of, you know, suffering for Christ. And yeah. it's like, well, God actually wants you to be fulfilled and he wants you to be joyful and he wants you to be at peace and he wants you to be at rest. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to be at rest when like every waking moment of your life, you are, you know, like you said, when you're, when it's that mindset of having to perform or having to do, mm-hmm. having to do more. Yeah. And when we get our, when we, this is something that really, Natalie, like the Lord worked on me Uh like a lot during that first year of the pandemic. So like Mm -hmm. in 2020, when I was home a lot and -hmm. it was when I really started to put a lot more, I had more time to put into like content and stuff like that. And I was doing, I was home. I was like doing all my work from home. And so I, I was, I was just stationary a lot. And the Lord really showed me that I had gotten very used to like my, my identity was very much wrapped up in the work that I did. And, and I, and I felt like if I didn't have enough boxes checked off at the end of the day, then I felt depressed. So I yeah. felt like I didn't do enough today, God. Yeah. And, and even like, we're talking to, you know, we're talking about good stuff. Like we're talking about whether you're talking about your job or your business or your ministry or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's like we're talking about good stuff that we're supposed to do. Like we're supposed to, you know, it's good to have goals. It's good to like go after things and get these things done. But when that's your identity yeah. and like you, you feel like emotionally drained or you feel like you're, you're not good enough or bringing enough stuff to the table when you aren't like doing as much. So if you have a, a week where you're not feeling well or you're on vacation, like God forbid vacation, it's like, it's like I feel bad taking a break because you know what I mean? It's like yeah. that mindset, like God had to really root that out of me because so much of my identity was just built up into how much good stuff I was doing for God. Mm-hmm. And like that can just become as much of an addiction and as much oh, of a yeah. problem as anything else can. Absolutely. I um, was recently doing a little bit of research. So I'm in the process of writing a book and something struck me about rest. And I am not. So let me throw this out here. I am horrible with plants. I'm going to give a plant analogy, but I have a brown thumb. So don't take advice from me. But it's bad. Um, But I was looking at a seed And so we all know that he knit you, this is the Lord, knit us together in our mother's womb. He had a plan and a purpose for us before we ever took a breath. And so I think, first of all, realizing that when we're talking about identity and about security and all of that and me being confident in me, it's like, wait a second, actually, like 
I'm living out and he's given me this beautiful free will to exercise and demonstrate who I am mm. in him and who he created me to be. And so it's like, you're not alone. You don't have to, you know, manufacture things. It's inside of you. But um, so when we think about seed and we think about planting it, so you plant seed into the soil, which let's just say it's our heart, but the soil and then the seed gets watered. Let's say that's Holy Spirit. That's his presence. That's community. It's it's the nourishment that we need. But there is a point in time that the seed rests in the soil while the water soaks through the outer shell and then it springs to life. And when I read that, I was like, whoa, because I, I'm as far as rest and this, because rest to me takes away performance and it puts the, um, it puts me back in a place of being okay with me to be able to truly rest. I am okay with me and I'm okay with the things that I've been doing and that I don't have to perform and make and do more work to make yes. me better. And that's really performance. It's like, I'm going to work harder to make me better. And it's like, actually rest is knowing that I am good. Mm. <laughs> and then I, out of me being good and rest, then I do my work. Yeah. But I think it's that like, wow, the visual of being planted, being okay with me, and sometimes letting the water soak through and break through the outer shell of who I am and all the hard things that I've put on me and letting him penetrate me. And sometimes that means I need to be still and literally, literally rest. And then other times it's me resting in him. So while I'm doing my work, I'm actually at rest in him, but both things it's like, yeah, the water penetrating my seed, which is who I am, mm -hmm. then for it to spring forth for the world to see. And I think really, honestly, when I, when I think about the wrestle of humanity, it is a wrestle to be seen. And it's a yes. wrestle for you to see me. And some people that maybe are introverts, they're like, don't put me on a stage. Like, I don't want you to see me that way. But in a conversation, I want to be seen. For us extroverts, I'm like, throw me out for the world to see, put a spotlight on me. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, well, um, but like, will someone see me? But really that is, yes. that is the human wrestle. But the solution is that God says you're in me. Like I created you, me before the foundation of the world, like you are in me and I am in you and, and you have a plan and I see you like he sees me. And, um, and so now it's being able to rest knowing that I'm seen this way. And because I'm seen this way, you will see me um, mm. and I'll be seen by someone. But yes. yeah, rest is an, an, is an interesting word. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and like, you know, when I think about being seen like that, that, uh, you know, to use that, that same kind of analogy there of like a, a tree or a plant or something like that. And it's like, you know, the, if you look outside at a tree, like there's going to be seasons where you see very, very tangible growth and it's very external. And there's going to be other seasons where it doesn't look like that. And it's like the, you know, the, 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 the tree is not less of a tree 
right? Because it's got a season where you're not seeing as much growth. And I, and I think what's what's important is that, like, I think I think about Psalm one, and it's like um, talking about meditating on the 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 law of God day and night. And it says he'll be like a tree planted by rivers of water. And it says, which shall bring forth its fruit in season. It's like there's not always like the not every season is like external, like huge growth that everybody sees. Mm -hmm. But the but the growth that's happening internally is always there as long as we're abiding in him. You know, we don't always see it, but it's like you're not any less valuable to God or to people around you. Yeah. Um, because there's like maybe less external fruit coming out. And it is like that thing inside of us, like that, that's, um, I think it is the security issue. It's like, mm-hmm. what are we, what are we abiding in? What are we putting our trust and our confidence in, mm-hmm. you know, because when there, when we have those security issues, it is very much of like, Oh, I just, I want to be here. I want to get to this next level because I want to be seen i want to be out there i want there's good stuff with that too it's like i want you know i want to share what i have with more people i want to do this like there's nothing wrong with desiring those things but i i do just think that when we when we start to look at it like we're less valuable when we're doing less or we're less valuable when we aren't getting as much accomplished it's like, no, don't forget about the fact that there's internal work going on in you. A lot of times in the season that's like in between like the fruit of a of a of a plant or a tree coming out. Mm-hmm. It's like in in that in between season, the 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 roots of the tree and like things that you don't see, they're becoming more mature. Mm-hmm. They're they're actually they're they're there's growth happening underneath the soil. That's actually going to result in stronger fruit that that's, you know, bigger and and it's and it's mm-hmm. going to remain longer when the fruit does come because of the work that's going on, you know, internally in those seasons. And we can get restless with that. And especially we can get restless with that when our focus is in the wrong place. And yeah. so, again, I just think it comes back to that that mindset of, of resting mm-hmm. in the Lord and trusting in the the work, the leadership of of the Holy Spirit in us yeah. um, yes. to, uh, you know, so that we're actually abiding in him and not just mm-hmm. like, you know, trying to get bigger or whatever, yeah. you know, <laughs> whatever you yeah. want to call that. Yeah. yeah. Yes. <laughs> kind of crash that analogy into the, into the side of the building <laughs> at the end there, but you get the point. Yeah. 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 Yes. No, I totally agree with that. And I think it's the being okay with the being dormant and, and in all honesty, I mean, let's just be real. There's far more seasons of being dormant than there is of having fruit. And that's just like life. I mean, we know we're going to have troubles in life. It is what it is. We live in a beautiful world, but it is not perfect. And um, I was thinking about like just identity and who I am and who we are. And I was talking with someone recently and I was actually like, I was insecure about something. And I was, so I think one thing in our insecurities, it's like, who's around you? Who do you have to talk to? Like, do you have someone in your life? Do you have a, yeah. a, a brother or sister in Christ or a mother or a father that's mentoring you that you can say, I am struggling with insecurity right now. And I was struggling with insecurity two days ago. <laughs> And so I reached out to someone and I'm like, oh, I've, 
I'm going to, I'm going to do this talk and I'm going to help coach some people and, and I'm going to teach them some leadership principles. It was everything that I love to do, but I was saying like, I don't feel like I'm good enough to do that. There's so many better people in the room to be able to have this talk yeah. and conversation. And, and I don't feel because my circumstances aren't telling me that I'm awesome. I don't feel awesome. And yes. so I like reached out to say like, I don't, I don't feel awesome. And, and if, if you don't want me to like talk, it's okay. And, but I will, if you want me to. And, and he was so kind, but he <clears throat> said, can we talk on the phone? <laughs> I'm like, oh, sure, here we go. But, um, but he said, Natalie, you are a leader. You period. No matter, no matter what it looks like around you, you are a leader and that leadership gift on your life does not just go away because maybe your circumstances are like, I've had a bad day or, you know, I'm not leading this well, then now all of a sudden I'm not a leader. And, and it just is a reminder. It's like, God says he doesn't take our gifts away. Like he does not remove stuff from us. And, but, but I think it's quite the opposite. If you look at it from a different perspective, it's like, how many seeds are planted in our life that just need some water? Like how much, how many dreams, desires, um, gifts, talents, abilities are inside of us that just need a little water and they need a little rest and it's okay to be dormant and they will produce fruit one day. Um, but we, and I'm say we, me, not patient enough to maybe let it sit or we don't see the fruit in our circumstances. So we kill the seed or we take the seed out and we throw it away. And it's like at that moment, like I could have said, I don't want to speak at this leadership thing. Like I don't want to, I don't feel leadershipy. <laughs> like my, my circumstances don't maybe look leadershipy. And so I don't want to do that. But I'm throwing, I'm basically saying I'm going to dig down and I'm going to pull the seed out and I'm throwing it away because my circumstances don't yeah. match up with who I am yeah. today. And um, yeah, I, I'm reading a book. I haven't made it all the way through the book yet, so I don't want to advertise it because what if it's bad at the end? But I'm reading a book <laughs> and, um, and he said, there's two, really, he narrowed it down. He goes, there's two roads to take. And two, two things to listen to. No, I think it was two things to listen to. Um, to it, you're either going to listen to fear or you're going to listen to faith. Or maybe it was roads. I can't remember roads, whatever. But it was like fear is going to drive you in one direction and faith is going to drive you in another. And, um, and when I think about like faith is the absence of what we see. It, it oftentimes we we haven't seen it quite yet, but it's the hope of what we know to be true. It's like we know who God is. We know that he has a plan for our life, but we don't always see it yet. And so but fear says, oh, you haven't seen it. You aren't. You haven't seen your breakthrough. It's not going to happen. You haven't seen um, you, you haven't you're not seen, period. So you're worthless mm -hmm. and, and how many, and it's hard. It's e honestly, I think it's easier to be driven by fear, but the, because fear feels so big 
And so it's easier to fall into that and just have the narrative and the dialogue in our mind and be driven that way versus faith. But the faith of knowing that actually the end game of this is good. Like, oh, it's good. And in this, this avenue um, is truth and it will remain. If the world crumbles around you, the truth of your father will not. <laughs> and, and the end result is always good. The end result of fear, never good. <laughs> so it's easier to let fear be your narrative. Far easier. Honestly, let's just be real. Like it's easier yep. to just let it play. You just settle into it. You don't have to, it doesn't really take any extra, you know what I mean? You just kind of like let it do its thing and it's, you just kind of mm -hmm. let it happen. It's like, oh, well, I guess I won't do this. Yeah. Because yeah. I, I don't know if it's going to work out. It's like, mm -hmm. okay, well, I guess, yeah. I guess I won't do this because I don't know if they're going to accept it or not. And then mm -hmm. you just kind of pass yeah. over those yeah. opportunities to to obey and to advance you know yes yeah but then the end fear will take your life like it'll take mm -hmm. the the could be your physical life but like it'll take the the livelihood out of your living mm -hmm. and when faith is the complete opposite and it will bring the hope needed and the courage and the ability to take risks and the payoff is huge when we take the path of faith and yeah. Mm -hmm. But it, I think that even in those two choices, our natural leaning is to choose based off of what we want the end result to be instead of choosing based off of who I am, because like mm -hmm. faith is so nestled in who I am as his daughter as the daughter of the king, as him being my father, that's where faith is found. And so I think when we choose faith based on an outcome instead of the person, yeah. it's not going to work. Like we're going to wrestle mm -hmm. until we find the person, you know what I mean? And we'll yeah. fall back in fear. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and I think it's, it's, um, it, it, it works along the lines of, um, like what we were talking about earlier with, uh, I think fear always at its core, like operates from, from a place of lack, you know, it, it's, it's kind of like that thing of, well, I'm, I'm not going to do this because I feel like I don't have enough for it, or I'm not going to do this because I don't think my gifting is good enough. It's valuable enough. And mm -hmm. it's like, it, it, like not just not just an abundance like mind like not just an abundance mentality but but recognizing that we live from a place like as you mentioned like of we are in Christ mm -hmm. and Christ is in us yeah. we were in the mind and the heart of God from before the foundations of the earth were even formed like we've existed in his mind and in his heart like um Colossians chapter three like our life is hidden with mm -hmm. Christ in God mm -hmm when Christ who is our life appears, well, like he's, he's our life. We're seated mm -hmm. with Christ in heavenly places. Like these are scripture references that I think we can just kind of gloss over because they're so mm -hmm. much higher than our thinking yeah. of ourselves sometimes. <laughs> yeah. It's like, we don't, you know, how do I live in the reality of I'm seated with Christ in heavenly places? Well, guess what? Like, this is the truth. Like, this is who you are in Christ. Like, this is your position 
in the mind and the heart of God. Mm-hmm. And this yeah. is like what he's set you. This is your identity. This is your inheritance. This is, this is who you are. Mm-hmm. And like so much of his word is just dedicated to like, I think just these kinds of things because we struggle with it in our minds so much of really just living from this place. Like when we live from the abundance of like how, mm-hmm generous God is toward us like how much his heart is just open toward us so that we know like when he's called us to do something it doesn't matter if we have all the resources in our hands Mm -hmm. right then or not it doesn't matter if you know when we compare ourselves to someone else who's done it before if we don't think we're as good as they are like Mm -hmm. these things they stop to matter when our eyes are on Jesus and on how good our heavenly father is and how big he is and not on ourselves. Like I think, I think about, you know, one of the names of God where he says um, he calls himself the I am. Mm -hmm. Right. I thought about this, like, as you were talking there uh, a minute ago, it's just like a thought that I've had in the past, but it's like, um, you know, if I say like, I'm not good enough for that, God says, God's the I am, you know, Mm -hmm. he's like, like, I'm not good enough. Well, God says I am. Yeah, like I'm in you. Like I'm I'm in him and he's in me. So it's like, don't worry about what you have or don't have or how weak you might feel right now or how insecure you might feel right now or what other people have done before you and like whatever the case may be, because if you're if your hope and your faith like is anchored into who he is, Mm -hmm. then it's like you don't have to worry about the weight and the pressure of having to perform or be perfect at something it's like just oh just trust and obey like just follow just (laughs) follow the leading of (laughs) it's so hard to do sometimes because we're i you know i think we're just so used to like needing to be feel like we're in control yes but yeah like what you said there about the difference between fear you know being led by fear being being led like by faith it's like that childlike faith that is so important mm-hmm. of, of just like I, I can just rest and trust it doesn't mean I don't have to do anything of course there's things right. to do yeah. but it's not coming from like mm-hmm. it, it's not coming from the the reservoir of my strength which depletes yeah. immediately it's like it, it comes from this place of abundance that I have in Christ mm-hmm. when I you know, allow my, my heart and my mind to be opened to him in that way. So that it's like, I'm not just pulling from the limited resources that I have, but like, I'm recognizing that there's no limit to what he can do in me, through me, for me, for others, like whatever. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So I think what you said. I love it. No, I love it. Yeah. I think about the scripture, you know, without vision, people perish. And, and I know we, I'm, I'm real big with like goal setting and that leadership side of me. And I love it. But it's like when I think about seeds being in my in my heart and and him depositing things in me and uh, aspects of my identity that haven't been revealed quite yet. Um, I think like, man, going back to my father and saying, God, give me a vision because I don't want to perish. And so it's mm-hmm. not about give me a vision for my organization. It's give me a vision yeah. for me. And what, what facets of me have I not seen yet? Um, what, because we know that he sees all things. 
He yes. sees my motives, my heart. He knows what's coming. He knows what's been, you know, he knows everything. And so it's, and so I think my encouragement for anybody that might feel stuck is like coming back to him and saying, and I know I've done this a million times, like, God, what do you want for my life? Um, there's been several major moments in my life that I'm like, can we just, <laughs> I've gone to him and said, can we just pivot? Can we just do something different? <laughs> I just want to do something different. And uh, he's like, no, we're going to keep doing this. I'm like, okay. Um, but coming back and saying like, what parts of me have I not seen yet? Because mm. I think we tend to create goals and dreams based on what, again, what we see today. What I see today oftentimes determine what I see, to, what I do tomorrow. But it's like, man, if we could get a bigger picture of who yes. he's made me to be and who he's made you to be. Now we're all running towards our God-given identity. And as we are running towards that, now being one with one another is easy because I don't want what you have. Like I'm busy working on where I'm going. Yes. Like I don't like, and so I'm going to celebrate you. And what you're doing, because I'm doing my thing. I think comparison happens when, when we're sitting on the bench and like, right. hey, my daughter played basketball and I was the, I felt like the best mom coach there could be. I wasn't a coach. I was sitting up in the stands passing judgment on what I thought <laughs> my daughter should do <laughs> and her coach should do. And every parent that has kids in sports says, amen. And, but I wasn't the one down there coaching. I was just a spectator. And so, but I think people don't want to be spectators. They don't want to sit on the sidelines. They want to be in the game. They just don't know how to be in the game. And so I think it starts with asking God the question and asking people around you too. I think it's two, it's two things. It's ask your friends or your spouse or your people that you work with and be like, when you look at me, what's, what's two things that you see inside of me that are positive? Like positive, positive. Um, or like, you know, if, if I wasn't doing this one job or if you, you could put me in any sphere of influence, what would it be? Ask some people, but then ask, spend some time with the Lord and whatever that looks like, in your own life, um, however your quiet time looks and or driving down the road or whatever that is, and just ask him the question, are there things inside of me that I have not seen yet that are waiting to be revealed to the world? And I probably know his answer. And then I think just going on the journey of saying, reveal to me what those things are, because that's the vision. That's what I'm going to actually put my hands to the plow with is like, I'm heading in a direction. And so as I'm working towards something, like when I was working on the podcasts for months where, where it was dormant, no one saw what I was doing. Mm. No one saw the fruit of what they're seeing now. And I'm putting in the work. I would look to my friends around me and other people that are putting in work, different work, but still work none the same. And I'm going, mm. oh my gosh, like, I had a friend that released the, my designer friend, Lauren Lowry designs.com. She um, released a, a um, um, like a, Oh, you can sign up and Oh my God, a masterclass. She released a masterclass and she released her masterclass before I released my podcast. And I am celebrating her masterclass. Cause I'm yes. going, girl, I am working over here yeah. and I know the work it takes to do what you just did. I don't, 
And so I'm going to celebrate you. So now we're coming into unity and now I'm, and I'm have my identity and she has her identity, but we're going to run together in unity and we're going to display God and we're not going to fuss and fight. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Because we're working on our own stuff. Work on your yeah. own stuff. <laughs> Man, what you just said is so good. It, I, I'm reminded of something that Bill Johnson says. Um, he says, you know, if you could see yourself the way that God sees you, you would never want to be anybody else. Yeah. And it's so yes. true. It's like you, you, you wouldn't have time for it, you know, like mm -hmm. there, there's no, there's no, there wouldn't be a, a, a point. Yeah. And yet, like, I think we, yeah, it's like we, when we spend so much time comparing ourselves mm -hmm. to others and we don't recognize like any, anything that we undervalue, we're going to under underperform in. We're not going to put the right That's strength good. into it. We're not going to put the right heart into it. It's mm -hmm. like, if I'm not valuing who, even just who I am in God, like if I look at myself and I, and I just think, man, like, I, you know, I'm not good enough and there's not a value on that. Like if I don't place value on something, I'm not going to invest in it. You know, it's so probably a better good. way to say that. So yeah, it's like, yeah, so good. Yeah, we do. And, and, and we can do that. And so, and so like one of, one of the areas that I think is, is so important to like, to, to look at here is what you said there about being able to celebrate others. Mm -hmm. And I think that it's something that we can use to evaluate kind of where we are in our own heart. Yeah. It's like, if I see somebody else advancing, especially if it's in the same area that I want to advance in <laughs> and I see them advancing quicker than me, am I willing to celebrate with them? Or am I going to either just ignore it or am I going to kind of like, you know, it gets really dark when we, you know, maybe not subconsciously, that's not the word I'm looking for, but when we kind of like behind the scenes, like we start saying things or doing things to kind of like belittle or, or, mm -hmm. or, you know, tear them down or whatever, yeah. just kind of like whatever it might be. And, you know, I, I know for me, like this happens, this definitely happens to me that I see somebody advancing in an area where I'm like, man, like, you know, they have more followers than I do. They have more views on their podcast than I do. They have whatever. And what I, what I try to do, I'm not saying I do it, do it right every time, but what I try to do is to become intentional about like, like how can I support this person or how can I serve this person or how can I just like, even if it's just as simple as like, sometimes it's painful. Like, I don't know about, about anybody else, but sometimes it's painful to like put a like, on a YouTube video because it's like this person already has more likes than I've ever had in my life. And so it's like, I don't want to add my like, cause, cause it's like, you know, and so I'm coming from a place of like, I'm lacking something that I want. Yeah. So it's going to, is my really going to allow that to prevent me from like being able to like do something that it doesn't cost me anything, but where I could just kind of show my support, or, or honor, or, you know, whatever we're talking about, but like to, to show that like camaraderie or whatever it might be for somebody else who's, mm -hmm. who's advancing quicker than I am or whatever. Like, yeah. am I going to be that, that petty to allow <laughs> like that to stand in the way like of, of me doing that? And like, it's something that I just, for me, like I have to check, like I have to evaluate and, 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 and where it's like, Am I holding back? And that's like a very small thing, right? But we can right. amplify that times a million. Yeah. Like, am I, am I holding back blessing others mm -hmm. in my life because I'm not where I want to be? 
Yeah. That's kind of like a poverty of heart. I think that we can live out of Mm -hmm. where, because we're not where we want to be because it's like you said, being on the bench. Like if I feel like I'm on the bench, am I going to be unwilling to cheer on my teammates? Yeah. You know, am I going to be unwilling to like rejoice with the person that just like won the game Mm -hmm. at the buzzer because I was on the bench the whole time. Yes. It's not easy to do. Like it's, it's not easy to to do that. But I, Mm -hmm. I think that, well, I know that, God honors that attitude, that hard attitude when we're willing to serve mm-hmm. others, we're willing to bless, we're willing to rejoice, and, and we're willing to, to celebrate the victories and the successes of others. And yeah. I just think that it's one of those ways that we sow into, we invest into our own future mm-hmm. by celebrating with other people that are, that are you know, doing it now rather yeah. than, you know, tearing down or using it yeah. as an opportunity to compare ourselves to them. Yeah. It's not something that I, th- I think we would do intentionally. I just think it's mm-hmm. a lie of the enemy that comes in yeah. that we can very easily partner with if we're not aware of it mm-hmm. to say, you know, to get into that comparison mindset or whatever. And so that's why I just think on the inside of us, we've got to allow God to just build us up, mm-hmm. like just get more under and just recognizing like how good he is, how big he is mm-hmm. so that we're like bigger in here. Yes. Yeah. Because then like we have more to give away, even if we don't have as much like external to give away, like just be, I don't Yeah. Like I'm I'm trying to think of good, like better words for this, but. No, you're doing great. (laughs) You're doing great. Yeah. I think it's, um, I, I agree with that. I think, um, when you said how he like honors and loves when we, um, love others well, and, and I had this thought, I, I wonder if part of the, the blessing and the fruit we get from loving others well is because when we love others well, it actually is a demonstration of how whole and heal our heart actually is. Love and it. so it's less about the action and more about how the action reveals the heart. And I think he takes such delight. He takes delight in us regardless but a good father, um, I know for my children, I, when they are hurting, I am hurting. But when they are rejoicing, I mean, my heart explodes yeah. at their health, their emotional health. Um, and, and I don't know, I just wonder, I wonder if some of, of his delight over us is when actually our heart is at a really great place and that it's healed and it's whole and it's it's receiving love and it's like communication with him like not um talking back and forth but like relationship you know what i mean it's like receiving love that he's like man i am so so rejoicing that her heart is so whole and healed and thriving and like of course she's gonna do good things you know what i mean like of course she's gonna um, say good things and heart and like, and, you know, but yeah, I think it's an indicator, like we were saying of just our heart, but God wants us, God wants us to, to be, um, all that he's created us to be. And I think the enemy would love nothing more than for us to not be that. (laughs) And the way he can get us to to bicker and fight over it. But, um, Mm -hmm. man, we all have some really good stuff inside of us just waiting to be revealed. Yeah. 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 That's so good. Well, um, 
just before we we wrap this up, I uh, just want to ask you, 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 there's a phrase that you mentioned here a couple times on the podcast, and um, I, I think we read it in your in your bio as well, um, that it's just like uh, a, a desire um, that that you have to well anyway the phrase the phrase is living fully alive mm -hmm. and and i think we we read in your bio about it's your desire for other people um people groups organizations to to discover you know what their purpose is um so that they can live fully alive mm -hmm. so, so i just like to ask you like what does that kind of mean to you like that that phrase of like what does it mean what does it look like to live fully alive that's such a great question i think um we tend to live just alive. Just we wake up and we do the bare necessities of the day. Yeah. And we get to the end of the day and we're like, Phew, I made it. I, made it. <laughs> um, I, I did everything. You know, I poured out my whole heart in whatever it was. Or I had a meeting and I barely made it out alive. Um, or my toddler's. I barely made it out alive or whatever it is that we're doing. And, and that is just not a way to live. And I know that God's heart for us is that we live in this place that we can wake up with excitement for the day and we can go to bed with a sense of accomplishment of the day, not saying we're not tired or not saying we don't have bad days, but it goes back to the vision that we were talking about of everything is building and moving me forward to who he's made me to be. And so fully alive is someone that has, is uh, their spirit, their soul, and their body. All three are fully alive. And so in our body, we are healthy. We are pursuing health. I think that is um, something that our culture does not put emphasis on. And it is, if we are not physically healthy and stewarding our physical health well, there we are going to slide in at the end of the day and do the bare necessities, and we will not live fully alive. Um, I think in our soul, our mind, our will, our emotions, making sure we are whole from trauma, making sure we're pursuing what that looks like and receiving healing for that and counseling for that. Um, I think in the way that our mindset works, God says, renew your mind. He knows what he's talking about. He knows that this thing up here can keep us stuck more than anything else. Um, but it's wholeness and healing and it's being alive, fully alive in our mind. Man, what would it look like if our mindsets were fully alive and thriving? Man, what would that be? And then spiritually, like, are we fully alive? spirit to spirit? Are we connecting with our father spirit to spirit? And is there anything that's hindering that on our part that needs to be taken care of? And so I think that we're, we're multifaceted individuals and humans and, and it's looking at the whole person. Um, I think sometimes we don't know what comes first, the chicken or the egg in our own life. Like I am where I am. I am stuck and I cannot figure out how to get unstuck. And my greatest desire is that people get unstuck from where they are. And instead of just getting unstuck for being unstuck, that it's actually now we're going to talk about how you live out the call of God on your life. Because when you're doing that, you will live fully alive. Like where... 
Um, I remember some, uh, I heard a testimony one time, someone said they were, they received some healing and had an encounter with the Lord and they walked out and they said the grass looked greener than ever before. And that is living fully alive. When you see things with clarity and brightness and even in the hard things that you see things through a heavenly perspective. Oh, I can't hear you. I was muted. Sorry about that. Uh, <laughs> what I was saying there was, uh, thank you for sharing. Um, I appreciate you and and your time. And I, I've just really, really enjoyed this conversation. And yeah, you know, I, I like kind of leaving it open. And 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 it was fun to talk about what we talked about today. And and I felt like, um, you know that the, that the Lord was speaking through this. So I appreciate you, you. and everything. I, I want to make sure everybody that you guys check out, um, the table, uh, give me the full name. It's, it's the table with Natalie Taylor, right. Yeah. And it's available yeah. on Spotify. It's on iTunes. It's where, where, where do we get it? You oh all the places, even some Am Amazon. I didn't know you could listen to things on Amazon. Um, YouTube, Spotify, Apple, and a couple of other places that I don't even remember what they're called, but they're mm -hmm. out. It's out there, <laughs> but yeah. you have to put my name with it or you won't be able to find it. So. Gotcha. Yeah. So the table with Natalie Taylor mm -hmm. and, uh, you, we've also got your uh, website that people can visit as well. I'm going to just pull it up on the screen for anybody that's watching this meet Natalie Taylor.com. That's M E E T Natalie Taylor.com. And um, you can uh, visit uh, there online for some other resources as well. You can also link up, I noticed, to the podcast um, right there through the website as well. So, um, mm -hmm. But I'm sure you'll find it on whatever podcast platform you guys use. But check it out. So we've got um, episode one is is out right, and episode two comes out. On the 15th. So I'll, I will release episodes the 1st and 15th of every month. All right. Beautiful. Yeah. And all right, guys. Yeah. So, so make sure you check out the podcast. Is there anywhere else, uh, Natalie, before we wrap up here, any other places you would uh, point people or anything like that for either connecting or, you know, just whatever it um, might be or the website, the best place. Yeah. Probably go to my website and then you can connect with me on all of my socials through my website, Facebook, Instagram, all the stuff. Love it. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you guys for being here, for checking out the episode and uh, joining in on this conversation. Love to hear from you. Um, if uh, you were impacted in any way by the discussion today or if you disagree or whatever it might be, I'd love to hear from you. So reach out on one of the uh, social media platforms, the Facebook page or whatever. If, if this uh, conversation blessed you, you know, don't be like me and holding back, you know, likes and comments and stuff like that because you're not. <laughs> <laughs> just messing with you but uh but yeah be 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 awesome um if you want to be awesome and uh the best way to do that is to what am i trying to say natalie like uh... subscribe <laughs> share commenting and comment. reviewing is like the best thing ever yeah subscribing sharing all that stuff you guys are are amazing i really do i say it every week but i really really appreciate you and it means the world to me that you're here and uh checking out these episodes um natalie again Appreciate you. you so much, and I uh, hope we get to do it again. Yeah, this was a pleasure. Thank you so much. All right. Bye, everybody.